0: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers, to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made Steel FS56 RCE Trimmer. Real Steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody Studio and across the Outkick Network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. Just like that, the second hour is here.
1: Outkick 360 rolls on. We're an hour away from Paul Calagiri joining us, U.S. Soccer Hall of Famer and of course, shot around the world with the, the goal against Trinidad and Tobago. We've got uh, the the legend joining us to preview what we hope is a legendary match tomorrow against you, the
0: Dutch. You say Tobago, I say Tobago. Does anyone actually say Tobago? I don't think so. That's one where no one, Probably. No one messes it up. Probably. You said it the right way, and that's the only way I've ever heard it. But I feel like uh, there should be a segment of the population that actually says Trinidad and Tobago. But I've, I've never heard of that. Maybe we'll start. I'm sure there's someone. Yeah. Maybe I'll just start calling it that. That's that's what I call it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's that's always the best explanation when you butcher someone's name or yes. the name of a country is when someone responds very defensive and says, Well, that's how I say it. That's how I say it. Thinking, okay, well, that's not it. We're trying to tell you what it is. That's not it. Iran and Iran, for instance, you know, that's well, okay. It's it's not that. Here's another one that, that always gets me, because I saw the during our breaks we see the stories at Outkick. With the Uruguay team mm-hmm. going nuts on the officials at the World Cup, um, I people that know how to pronounce South American countries tell me that it's Uruguay, it, and I've always heard it as Uruguay. But That's how when I've someone said it too. goes with like the real pronunciation, they say Uruguay. What we need to do is just listen
1: to the opening ceremonies from an Olympics, and we just go based on whatever. That woman says in translation.
0: I love when it's, uh, you know, the, in the foreign country, it's in their language with yeah. the announcement, and then you just hear, you hear the... the name of the country out of nowhere, and it's <laughs> some, some woman getting really excited and jazzed up, and then it's Uruguay! What, then you if, see what the if they athletes. said it both ways for Qatar and Qatar? They'd give you uh, both. that would they make my mind <laughs> melt if I heard it that way, because I'm still confused about Cutter and Qatar. Uh,
1: the the week 13 slate for the NFL is jam-packed with some really good games. We'll give you the most impactful for the postseason and the impact for what could be um, a big storyline Monday across the NFL. That's coming up in about 20 minutes. Let's preview the conference championships, though, across college football, which kicks off tonight in the Pac-12. Um I'm not sure how I feel about the Pac-12 always, you know, playing their game on Friday. Um, I, you get the night, right? But I'm still, I'm still thinking about all the Saturday slate and having to remind myself to uh, find a, a TV because of the impact There's of this a big game one, yeah. with USC, who uh, they're lost. They've already lost to Utah. Granted, uh, hope field advantage in Salt Lake for Utah in that game. Now we see this game played in Vegas. USC is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. The Trojans win. They're going to the college football playoff. And Caleb Williams, yet another opportunity to claim his Heisman Trophy against a solid Utah program. It's one that the committee has respected greatly, even with their first unveiling of the college football playoff rankings when Utah already had – did they have two losses at that time or no? I think they did. Yeah, they did. Yeah, and they – they still look at Utah as a strong program, and they are uh, very well coached and uh, defensively have been have been strong. But here's the, here's the offense of USC on full display. And the question is, do you think it's more of the back and forth shootout that we saw already? Or do you think it's played tighter? Do you think USC plays a bit tight in this game, given the What's at stake? I mean, this is a four-win team from a year ago that has taken on the mindset and the mentality of their new head coach and quarterback.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a close game. Um, I, I think you got to go – USC is one of those teams, you know, they're top four in every offensive category, you know, scoring, yards per game, all of that, efficiency, yards per play. you got to go into a game against USC expecting a shootout and then evaluating do we have the weapons to score a lot of points – I think Utah has that, that they don't do it in uh, what is now the traditional sense, which is hurry up, you know, spread it out, run it well, but also the, the ability to go deep. USC does that. We've seen Tennessee do that. Similar offenses that way. Um, Cam rising to Dalton Kincaid at tight end is, a, is, is something to watch this game. To me, Dalton Kincaid could be the X factor in this game for Utah. Now – Having put all that out there, I think USC wins. I don't see Utah beating this USC team twice in the same season. Sometimes it's as simple as that. It's hard to do, and I don't think Utah is the team to do it against USC. I don't look at them and think, "Boy, this is just a nightmare matchup and they're never going to beat Utah because of the way they play." I think USC wins this game. It's just it's
1: it's hard to overlook the fact that the vast majority of that roster is the same it's the, it's the makeup of the same players that have lost four of the last five games to Utah. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that, that's, that's where I'm like, man, Utah knows how to play this crew. Now, it may not be Lincoln Riley on consecutive games in the same year. Yeah, they,
0: they got Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams once. Once, right. You know, of those, of those four or five. That, that's important, but they did get them. It was also in Salt Lake City. Um, we had Bobby Carpenter on talking about, you know, it's not a long drive from Salt Lake City to Vegas. Where this game's gonna be played, it's probably gonna feel like a home game for Utah, which surprised me a little bit. Yeah. But that that's that's also is gonna be a factor in this game. And I, I'm looking forward to watching it. I, I just I we're trying to pick the chaos agent, right? What what game is going to surprise? Not that it would be a huge surprise if Utah won a close game because the, the, the spread is so small. I just don't think it's this game. I, I think I think Caleb Williams and, and USC are playing at a different level right now. And I don't see them losing twice to Utah.
1: And it was. I mean, the 43-42 was the first final. And it was like LSU beating Alabama where Utah went for two and got it to win that game at the end. Yeah. Um, if, if, I mean, I hope the vast majority of the country knows this game is being played tonight if it's that type of game.
0: I, I want it to be a really good game. And I, I think we're going to get that. I think USC wins. A close game tonight but you're right that is one that championship weekend it's not championship Saturday we got a Mac championship game going on right now maybe about to be over actually I think it started at noon on a Friday so it's championship weekend not just championship Saturday Kansas State TCU Kansas
1: State was up three possessions at one point in a game earlier this year against TCU and this is one of the example games that you can point to at the time you're like well tcu came back and won this game but they're gonna they're gonna fall they haven't and they're also favored by two and a half in the big 12 championship which kicks off tomorrow uh, chad i'm confident in the frogs i am i just that they continue to answer the bell answer yeah. the call and they have done it different ways it's not always well they're down three possessions going into the fourth and they're going to come back and win they're also able to grind out wins, which is what we've seen whenever they played in Austin and took on Texas and won 17-10. to 10. And because of that, I, I just refuse to bet against them in this case. I, I, I think they have bought in completely. Uh, Duggan is tremendous. And Sonny Dykes
0: and the, the whole momentum there, uh, they're headed to the college football playoff. Yeah, Sonny Dykes might be the national coach of the year, uh, what he's done in year one at, at TCU. Um, I'm, I'm trying to find it. I, I know it's 38-28. I'm trying to see, did Adrian Martinez – this is the game he, he was injured in, I believe, also, where Will Howard came in. Um, I was trying to see the quarterback situation for Kansas State in that game. These are two teams that both can run it really well. Yes. Um, so, you know, that's – I look at the Utah-USC game and think some of the things – Utah can score a lot. They just do it in a different way. TCU electric running it Kansas State the same way, uh, Adrian Martinez a big threat with that too. Yeah, this is this is the chaos agent game. This is the one where I think Kansas State might pull this okay. one off it, 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 against TCU. So, but it almost you know if we're going by just the trope of the game of you know an adage that I think will hold true. The first one with USC, it's they're not going to lose twice. It's hard to beat a team twice. They're not going to lose twice to Utah. And this one, Hutton, it is that TCU team just ain't losing. They find a way, right? Uh, every time in that conference, they yes. get in trouble, they find a way out of it. This might be the one where they get caught. And the, the thing, just
1: thinking about the, the, the matchups of this game, um, and you mentioned the, the chaos, this, is, this could cause the, the stir, because TCU is now three, if they lose, uh, it really comes down to not if you lose, but how you lose, and what happens, of course, tonight with USC. But let's hypothetically say USC wins, and TCU loses, and that's it as far as shakeup mm-hmm. in the top four. Is Ohio State jumping TCU Sunday? Yep. That that quickly, I think they would
0: see that. I.
1: I Without you don't even know the details of how they no, lost. No, but you know
0: you know why I know that because I because I think this committee values Ohio State over TCU. I think if TCU were Texas, it wouldn't happen. I think the Ohio well, State brand would shine through and they would jump back in there. There's also this weird thing I think with the committee, and I mean maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Maybe you agree, maybe you don't. It, it, if you lose most recently it's like the biggest X mark against you, right? It's about, oh, they lost this week, and Ohio State lost two weeks ago. So now Ohio State's going to jump them by one spot because this one happened this week.
1: Well, we're, okay, so where was Bama when Tennessee beat them? Were they one or two? Uh, They were two, I think. Okay, and they fell to where? Four initially?
0: Yeah, no, they may have been one at that point. I think they were one and fell to four. And TCU was... Yeah, TCU was TCU right. TCU was three. TCU would drop to five in this, so, this example.
1: Right, but Tennessee, I'm, I'm looking at the, the the initial rankings. I'm trying to go back in my mind here. TCU in the initial one was unbeaten, but they were like sixth in the country, according to the college football playoff. And that was with a one-loss Bama, and with Tennessee beating Bama, and Tennessee was ahead of TCU at the time. Davey, you remember where they were at the time? Yeah. We'll put him up college football playoff rankings hadn't come out at that point Tennessee was six Alabama was three when Tennessee no I'm talking about the first college football playoff rankings Alabama would have been sixth Alabama was sixth and TCU was they already already had the loss behind them right at seven then yeah and now see that's what I'm saying like they Ohio State loses but they are still behind it's not like they they didn't put Ohio State ahead of TCU this week they didn't put Ohio State ahead of USC this week.
0: No, but Ohio State has a loss. You're, so you're does talking USC. About, I know, but you're talking about if TCU loses. No, but you're saying Ohio's – yes, I am. I, I'm just saying simply if TCU loses, they're going to go from three to five. Okay. The USC, if they win, will go from four to three, I, and then Ohio State will go to four. That, that's what I am predicting will happen. I'm not saying I, it's indefinite, but if you ask me my opinion of what that committee will do, with five Big Ten people on it, I out of thirteen, know. I don't know. It is going to Ohio State. I, I, it t- comes down there to how be a bias you lose the game. State. How do you lose the game? I think if they lose by a single point on a fluke play at the end, Ohio State will get back in that playoff. That, that's what I think will happen. I don't, how, I don't I, know I think, how you do
1: that when you just got your ass kicked against Michigan last I, week. I,
0: I think if TCU were Texas, it wouldn't happen. Quite frankly, I don't know if
1: you lose by a point to Kansas State for a team that continues to answer the bell uh, and Ohio State gets a boat race in the second half. By all means. That they do that.
0: Pick it up and when this happens, come in and complain about it on Monday. I will. Because I'll complain about it too. I hate it. But. I, I hate the fact that Tennessee's behind Alabama, but that's much less impactful because we're talking seven and six. Right? It's not as big of a deal. We're talking about a playoff spot on the line here. I don't think it should happen if that's the case, but I think it will happen. By the way, Adrian Martinez has a chance of playing in this Big 12 championship. Will Howard will start, but there may be a special package for him in this game in the Big 12 championship. Chad, you alluded to this. Adrian Martinez having an
1: incredible season outside of Nebraska. He gets a chance to make an impact in this game.
0: Yeah, it's... uh, not looking good for Scott Frost in his regime in terms of what you know, he was able to do away from the Huskers and away from his tutelage. It's been much better for him. So I believe that Georgia,
1: whenever they faced Tennessee earlier this year, had been preparing for the Vols for a couple of weeks, truthfully. I don't think they prepared for Missouri. They won't say that. I don't think they were worried about the Tigers. I think they were concerned about the Tennessee offense defensively. And Kirby Smart, the best defensive mind right now, as head coach at Georgia, came up with a game plan that was incredible. And it was a no contest. I I truly believe LSU has been looking ahead to Georgia. And that's what happened last week Mm. at College Station. Because how do you prepare for a Texas A&M group that was lifeless and an LSU Tigers program that had completely turned on the – the life support at one point into true energy and a true college football playoff contender. They lose out on the college football playoff by doing this. Again, no one was predicting LSU to lose to A&M in that game. But Chad, I do think they've been preparing for Georgia far longer then they started preparing for the College Station matchup against AM. and I,
0: I think they're going to play a lot better in this game. I don't think it's, uh, it's going to be awful to watch in this SEC championship. I think you're going to see a, a better and different LSU team than you saw in College Station a week ago. But piggybacking off what you said, I also believe Georgia didn't prepare for Georgia Tech as hard as they prepared for LSU this past two weeks getting ready for this game. I think it was a lot more yeah. of the Tennessee plan with Missouri, Georgia Tech is so bad. They knew they were going to beat them. They won easily in that game. I, I think it's a little bit of both sides in terms of preparation. I, I, I think
1: Georgia – I've already said I think Georgia did that with Missouri. Yeah. You know, and, no, and they I'm got saying, away with
0: I, it. I think, I think both teams – it cost LSU, and they lost A&M. It but, didn't cost – I'm saying both have been but you have, looking at this matchup so for it, two weeks. Give Kirby Smart
1: the extra offseason to, you know, you see the offense for the first time with Heupel and then you adjust or whatever it might be. And he he had the greatest defense we've seen uh, the first year against Heupel. But Brian Kelly's up there amongst the best, just pure college football coaches. And what he gets out of rosters and how he makes and maximizes the talent, either at Notre Dame, at Cincinnati, now at LSU. I am really intrigued to see how they... Because they've done that at quarterback. They figured out how to get the most at quarterback. What game plan do they have against Smart's defense that keeps them in this game? Um, because a roster... Chad, we saw it last year. I mean, Bama, your SEC champion a year ago, that was an LSU team that went to, to uh, Tuscaloosa It had no business being in like a 20-10 to 10 final or whatever it was. But it was still a roster that's full, chock full of talent. And... I think they believe in this, the overall system and everything that Kelly's telling them.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's uh, from that Tennessee game on. It's been a different team, and they've adjusted well. I think that I, I guess what I'm saying I'm, they're not winning the game. No, I, I think they're it's, covering. Yeah, I, I I'm absolutely picking. It's 17 and a half. Last I checked, right? Is that what it says on the screen right now? Yes. seventeen. On seventeen. The screen. Um, yeah, they're going to cover the 17. I, I think they're going to play a lot better. I'm reading a story right now at Outkick.com where Grace Kelly, Brian Kelly's daughter. Is very active on social media, is bashing College Station, Texas. And she said, what a strange town. <laughs> like, there's something about it that you're just like, hmm, you live here for a reason to people that live there. Um, I will say, it's a different place. We were there last year. It is a different vibe and environment in oh, College it, Station it is, around it that is, program. It is
1: cultish. Like, I, I was told that going for the first time, uh, it's like, it very difficult for someone to describe what it's like yeah. because you're in like a little snow globe.
0: And and they're very serious about the stuff that everybody yes. sees as silly. Yes. There's no real sense of humor with them about their stupid. But there's traditions. no there's no
1: like inside joke on the tradition when you're there. You're just yeah. observing it. And then when you're outside, and you're back at the airport. You're kind of like, what was that? Was that a retreat? Yeah, I've I've never was met a, the
0: uh, I've never met an AM and did, did I just go to a sweat lodge? What was <laughs> this? <laughs> yes, you're hallucinating the entire yes. time we were there. I think. Yeah, I've never met an A an and M person who's like. Yeah, I mean, it, we, we show up and do this, but it is kind of silly. It's, it's very, if you make fun of it, they're very protective of their uh, traditions, which, you know, most programs are. Chad, you have been on the Purdue push to make this
1: more of a championship game for the Big Ten uh, against Michigan than what I initially thought whenever I saw the pairings come out based on the results of last weekend. Um, I don't think this is Michigan-Iowa from a year ago. But, I mean, I I have – there's not a lot drawing me to this game.
0: The spoiler makers aren't uh, bringing you into this game? I don't think so. You don't think Jeff Brom's going to have a plan? I'm not feeling it. To uh, make something happen against Michigan? Um, Look, I I think Michigan's going to win this game. I I, I do see a scenario, though, where Purdue offensively with Aiden O'Connell and their ability to throw it and Jeff Brom's ability to game plan against big opponents – They can put up some points in this thing and make it somewhat interesting, Uh, but I think ultimately ultimately Michigan and Georgia are going to be undefeated when they play for the national championship. That is my prediction right now. For that to happen, obviously, they're going to win tomorrow in both their championship games.
1: Clemson, North Carolina lost its luster uh, with the recent losses, not just for South Carolina and what they've done to Clemson, but North Carolina who went unbeaten on the road for the first time in, in, in uh, program history, they have now limped into the ACC championship game with back-to-back losses.
0: I have no idea what to expect in this one. Um, North Carolina has really disappointed the, the last couple of weeks. Clemson loses at home to South Carolina. I mean, I, I think Clemson wins because North Carolina's offense, we've seen take a step back here recently, and Clemson is a good defensive team, and they can run the ball. But their passing game is bad. Offense hasn't been that efficient all year. I mean, who knows? Is North Carolina, after taking that step back the last couple weeks, are they now going to revive and be the North Carolina team we saw in spurts this season? And, I mean, I'm picking Clemson to win the game, but it, it's a coin flip as yeah. to what which teams show up for this ACC championship game. Well, what I've if- had the hardest <laughs> time – what happens if both teams show up that played Notre Dame? Well, you know, you look at a game and a matchup and in your mind if you've watched the teams, you try to visualize what you're going to see on the field between the two teams and what the game could look like. And I've had the hardest time even visualizing <laughs> what this game is going to be on Saturday night. I'm
1: just watching for Drake May.
0: You're going to have a chance to watch him for another 2 years cuz he is a true freshman. I love I mean, so he's got no he's he's going to be in North Carolina. Unless he, you know, gets a bigger I'm a ashamed I haven't watched off more of him else. in his freshman year. Uh, he's going to have, have three years at, at North Carolina. Everyone's That's, talking DJ, but I'm going with May. Yeah, I, I do think that there's, you know, you got to give the Heisman talk, right? You got to give the Heisman the best player, regardless of class and all that. But I did kind of view this. Is my own bias, I view Drake May as ah, he'll have another chance. <laughs> you know, when he's doing so well, like, he's going to be around, guys. Let's not rush to it. And uh, let's let's talk more about the Heisman sophomore junior year for drake may when he continues to compile these stats and then
1: hooker got hurt and then
0: it was like oh where's drake may? <laughs> now drake making uh, come on up <laughs> got a guy out now blake quorum's down yeah all right, all come right let's, on. Go, let's, let's go let's yeah. go Who, who's who's going down next hit
1: us with your thoughts on conference championship weekend at outkick 360 on social uh coming up we'll switch gears we turn the page to the nfl slate which is chock full of some really big matchups that can impact playoff races as December is now here. That's next. On Outkick 360. 6th and Peabody, our location in Nashville and across the great Outkick Network. If you're listening on this Fine Radio Station, we thank you for that. Hit us up on social at Outkick360, and we're streaming live at Outkick.com. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Previewing Sunday's top NFL games and plenty of playoff implications as we get to the week now uh, in December where everyone's attention starts to look ahead to January in the stretch run where unless you are the the Bills and Patriots this week, or one of, I think, what, five teams that have a bye remaining. You've got six games left, and uh, of course, Bills and, and Patriots now with five, and you're trying to get to that magic number. I think in the AFC, it's 10. Wild card, just to feel secure. Yeah. With all the tiebreaker scenarios. And if you are in the NFC, it's a much tighter race, but the records, I don't think, have to be nearly as great um, on paper for the wild card team to get in and the case in point could end up being one of the matchups that we're seeing here this weekend. We'll start though with Philadelphia hosting the Tennessee Titans. Philly a four and a half point favorite at home. One o'clock Eastern kickoff at Lincoln Financial Field. Danico Autry is not going to play. He's been ruled out officially. Elijah Molden also will miss this game out of the Titans secondary. And Jeffrey Simmons is going to be questionable for the game. The good news for the Titans is Ben Jones is back. He's playing. He's cleared concussion protocol, and that's big because the Titans' run game without their veteran center is barely averaging over two yards per carry. They need that in a big way if they want to translate their identity on the road against One of, if not the best team right now in the league in Philadelphia. The balanced offense.
0: I think even without Danico Autry, the Titans have the ability defensively to put a stranglehold on the Eagles' run game to an extent, too, which is very good. So then that's going to cause a matchup of who's got the better passing game if you're forced to pass. And A.J. Brown is on the Eagles. (laughs) Devontae Mm -hmm. Smith. And it's, that's not a great sign for the Titans in, in this one. I, I really think the Eagles win pretty easily uh, in this game. I, I think it's a double-digit Eagles win. Now, the good news for the Titans, you mentioned 10 being that magic number, possibly of the AFC. The Titans are two, uh, two wins over the Jags and one win over the Texans away from getting 10 wins. When you look at the rest well, of the schedule. They don't
1: even need, need 10 because they're going to win the division. I'm yeah. talking about the wild card. Yeah, You need to, you need 10 to get to the wild card.
0: I'd still like for the Titans to beat those teams <laughs> down the stretch, the bad ones that I'm talking about. This is not a bad team, though. They're playing this weekend with the Eagles. And the Titans have yet to really win a game against a probable playoff team. Washington, probably their best win of you the know, year right now, well, a team yeah, that could be in the playoffs. The,
1: if you want to view it on how Washington is now, they were 1-4 and four when the Titans beat them. Yeah. Um, with Carson Wentz at the quarterback spot. So, I, again, like that's why I love, if you're in the division, you play one opponent early in the year, and then you get that same opponent later in the year, instead of what we're going to see with the Commanders and Giants. They're going to play twice over the next three games. And this is an example in the NFC, 1 o'clock kickoff in New York, in Jersey, the Commanders on the road, Identical records, and you're looking at an opportunity now for the Commanders to continue their winning ways. The Giants are coming off the loss on Thanksgiving to Dallas, and you have a Commanders team that's getting Chase Young back. You have Heineke playing at a high level. You have a, a couple different receiver options that show up week in and week out. And a young rookie in Brian Robinson that's doing more and more in the run game weekly, they... They know exactly their style and mentality on how they're going to go about winning games, and their defense is becoming even better by the game. And meanwhile, the Giants are trying to hold things together injury-wise, and they're hoping Saquon Barkley just goes on another tear the way they did to start the season, who which is totally possible, by the way.
0: Yeah, who would have thought in the preseason this would be a big game in December between the Commanders and Giants? And, and the, two big games for Two, them. yeah, and it's going to be a, a duo. Two big games down the stretch between these teams. Um, that Commanders defensive front is daunting, even without Chase Young, and add Chase Young to the mix. Yeah. That that is a stout front uh, for Washington. Taylor Heineke, can he continue what what he's getting going with that mojo we've seen before with him? Also, I I, I feel like if I'm if I'm trying to you know buy stock in one of these, I, I think the Commanders are the team with more positive momentum that I think better things are ahead. I I feel like the Giants capped. I I think they plateaued. I think we've seen the best we're going to see from the Giants. Doesn't mean that they're not going to sneak into the playoffs or win some games here down the stretch, but I like where the Commanders team is headed this year. They're they're not a team that's going to win multiple playoff games or anything like that, but I like them in this game. Justin Jefferson and company,
1: they match up against, I would say, the same mentality opposite Justin Jefferson at corner and Sauce Gardner. I cannot wait to be able to go back and watch the highlights of this uh, through the NFL site to watch Jefferson matched up against Gardner, which I'll write about next week. But the Vikings win, and they're clinching the NFC North this weekend by way of the, the scenarios of winning and then a Detroit loss or tie, or the Vikings tying the Jets and then having a Lions loss coupled with that. But... It's not easy against this Jets team. This defense is awesome. And with Mike White now at quarterback, Chad, they are playing a style that allows their defense to take chances. They can stay aggressive. They don't have to worry about going straight back onto the field three plays later because of quick three and outs. Even if Mike White's not driving the the offense down for a uh, touchdown, there's the turnover issues. And um, White's at least going with a safe play that can at least move the sticks once or twice on a possession. And we were not even seeing that from, from Zach Wilson whenever they needed to make a big play. The big play can be six yards, and you get a first down instead of going for 23 and an incomplete pass and a punt.
0: It's a big test for Mike White. I mean, this, this is the one going to Minnesota against that team. If he's able to play anywhere close to the way he did in his first start a week ago against the Vikings, that's going to be a great sign for the Jets. Um, I love Dalvin Cook. I love Justin Jefferson. We need to give Justin Jefferson a a nickname equal to that of Sauce Gardner, who he's going head-to-head with. That's a terrific name. Um, I like the Vikings in this game, but the Jets with Mike White, we only have the one game to look at right now. If it's anything like that, and even if it's just – you mentioned the the three and outs. I mentioned turnovers. If it's just eliminating the mistakes – of Zach Wilson and just being, hey, you know, not not losing the game, you giving giving your team a chance. That's 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 going to be huge for the Jets down the stretch.
1: Keep in mind, the Jets, if the season ends today, they're in the playoffs for the first time in twelve years, and they were five and two with with Wilson, but they made the move so they can stay in playoff contention and have the chance to do it for the first time in twelve seasons. And Mike White, three touchdown passes in two of his four NFL starts. Wilson had none in 20 starts um, with those three touchdown passes in a game. Dolphins and 49ers. It's your favorite game of the week. It, it is because we, we get to see a big flaw of Miami put to the test and how Mike McDaniel and that offensive staff is going to try to game plan and maneuver and find pieces to a puzzle to solve what is, I believe, the most consistent defensive front in the game, San Francisco. And the, the offensive line for Miami is a big issue. And the question is, when they are faced with a front like San Fran, that can get pressure with four and do it consistent throughout four quarters, what is Tua in this passing game going to look like? And how much of a necessity is it that they run it well? Because right now... Mike McDaniel knows the path to winning is throwing the football. And they're winning games. They've won five in a row. San Francisco's won four in a row. Um, but, Chad, they've got to find more balance in order to take some of this heat off of Tua because he's taking a beating. And we've already seen him miss games. And what happens when they miss games, where he misses games? Miami loses. They win whenever Tua starts and finishes a game. They're, what, 5-6-0 and oh this season doing that. So um, I'm, I'm very intrigued by it. And McDaniel's done an amazing job. San Fran, though, they've got a ton of momentum. And they are hitting on all cylinders right now because they went through that wave of injuries. And now everybody's back healthy.
0: I love the coaching matchup. Shanahan, McDaniel in this game uh, going head-to-head. The, uh, the teacher, and you know, the student, all yeah. of that. I, I love it. Um, this game could set an all-time record for yards after catch combined with both of these teams and how they play and how they get their playmakers the ball. Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Tyreek Hill. We go down the list uh, on each side of the way these teams play the game. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's my second favorite game of the weekend. Um, I like the 49ers. Talked about momentum with the commanders right now. I like their momentum in this game. This next game, though, Hutton, to me, is the best one of the week. Chiefs and Bengals coming up on uh, Sunday afternoon,
1: the 425 kickoff Eastern time where Cincinnati coming off a win against the Tennessee Titans here in Nashville, Kansas City coming off their win against the Rams where they turned the football over twice, but it wasn't even uh, a a really close matchup because Mahomes and Kelsey kept connecting in this one, uh, going for another touchdown. And we're we're seeing pieces to the Kansas City offense really begin to flourish. Meanwhile, the Cincinnati defense, they were flying all over the field last week, stopping the run. This is a Cincinnati defense that had a great plan for Patrick Mahomes. Quite possibly the worst game we've seen him play was in the AFC Championship game. And the Bengals worked wonders against that offense. I'm eager to see the adjustments made to whatever Cincinnati solved last year to what Kansas City comes into this game with. And also, Cincinnati's been winning without Jamar Chase. Three of their last four games, they've won uh, with, with Chase out. Which is crazy. He's back. Um, I'm still waiting word on Mixon. And I'll look that up in just a moment because I haven't refreshed this uh, recently. We'll see if he's been ruled out or not. Um, but it sounds like we're, we're going to see Jamar Chase back in the lineup. Higgins has been outstanding, and even last week without Joe Mixon, Cincinnati was running the football well, and surrounding all of that is the moxie
0: and the leadership of Joe Burrow. And Cincinnati has the Titans number. I, I feel comfortable in saying that right now, defensively, with how they play that team. This is a game to determine if they actually have the Chiefs number. You mentioned the stats and what they did to Patrick Mahomes last year in the AFC Championship game, but this may be a defense. If they figured out the Chiefs, that's that's a pretty big step for AFC supremacy. Keep in mind, some the Bengals won in a shootout
1: um, in the regular season last year where Chase went off. They beat them two different ways. Three touchdowns. Went for nearly 300 yards receiving i mean it was just back and forth burrow going up top for 60 yard bombs against that Chiefs secondary yeah they, I, now and now you know that the 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 matchup last year in the regular season you'd have chase hit and then tyreek hill would take off for a big one yeah you know they would go toe for toe toe uh, toe to toe there and it was like a tennis match a volley yeah
0: and now this in this matchup you've got no tyreek hill and no jamar chase after what they were doing a year ago in that regular season game. I, I, I really like the matchup of these two teams. But, but I do, because of what we saw in the AFC Championship, because of what we've seen, the Bengals' defense versus the Chiefs' offense, of all the matchups in this game, fascinates me the most. Because we know what Patrick Mahomes does. The, the question is, can anyone truly affect it with personnel and scheme? and maybe Cincinnati can, I, 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 don't, I don't know. Uh, is it possible for one team to just have it against Patrick Mahomes, or is it simply at times a crapshoot where you get it going on the right day or he has an off day, and that's why he's not as effective? But there's no just, oh, we've got the formula down for how to stop Kelsey and Mahomes in that offense. Uh, it's another step to see if Cincinnati can have some of that Against this Chiefs team, and I mean this this goes a long way for
1: playoffs. Not just would do we see the rematch in the postseason because we could, um, you know, Kansas City by virtue of winning this game. You've got Buffalo who continues to put the heat on because they've turned it back on now. Miami is certainly they've won what five in a row, and you know they're they're right behind KC, but KC this would be a great win to just continue to hold on to that number one spot and have home field advantage throughout the playoffs at Arrowhead, which plays a ma- massive factor. Meanwhile, um, the schedule for Cincy compared to Baltimore in the race for the AFC North is vastly different. Baltimore doesn't face a team with a winning record currently until week 18, which is the Cincinnati Bengals. And you've got a gauntlet stretch coming up for Cincinnati, which is already included some really good teams, and it also includes this week Kansas City and others down the road. Point being, if they get KC here, it feels very similar to last year. It was January 2nd in the regular season when they met. 34-31 was the final, and on that day, Cincinnati clinched the AFC North. And by beating KC, I think they're staking claim on the division, Again, even though it's still going to be a tight race down the stretch because they are a far better team right now than Baltimore, even though Baltimore may end up winning the division and hosting a game in the postseason.
0: I mean, if they beat them again, I I, I don't know that I would stop there. They may be staking claim on the AFC, not just it the could. AFC North. If they beat the Chiefs uh, the way they did in KC, now going you know to home to Cincinnati, winning in KC in the AFC championship last year. You know, can they continue their
1: protection of Burrow, too? Which they've, they seem to have solved some of those issues as well with the new reformed offensive line that's gelled together over the second half of the season. Hit us up with your thoughts at Outkick360. We'll give some further predictions and picks uh, a bit later. We have a full injury report for you as well for your fantasy football team, your favorite team, maybe the team that you're facing this week. A key player may be out or ruled off the injury report officially. There's a big quarterback involved that I'm sure is on, well, maybe, I don't know, if Chad. Do if you have any of these uh, future Hall of Famer quarterbacks
0: on your fantasy rosters this year? Future Hall of Famer? I've got Brady, you have Brady. Um, on, uh, yeah, on, on my outkick um, team. Brady's my quarterback. We'll find
1: out about Aaron Rodgers. There's news there about the matchup against the Bears, and we will look ahead to some of the other questionable reports for some of the stars across the league. That's all next on Outkick 360. Former U.S. Men's National Team member and Soccer Hall of Favor, Paul Caligiuri will join us. Coming up in about nine minutes from now, we'll talk World Cup, the matchup against the Netherlands, and much more. Outkick 360 rolls on. Your NFL injury report, uh, chock full of updates on quarterbacks and some star players uh, throughout the league. Justin Fields is officially off the injury report for the Chicago Bears. He will start against the Green Bay Packers at soldier field this sunday so will aaron Rodgers, who owns the chicago bears yes he does he, and, and is he said it and it's true on the injury report but has no injury designation that means he's the starter for green bay as they travel to chicago um travis Etienne should be able to give it a go sunday for the jacksonville jaguars he's got a foot issue that he's been dealing with should be able to get back in the lineup this week, they're on the road against the Detroit Lions. Here are the players ruled out Mike Williams, receiver for the Chargers, will miss again. Uh, David Njoku, Brandon Cooks, and Derek Stingley for the Texans will miss the matchup against the Browns. And for the Titans against Philadelphia, and big for interior defensive line push against Jalen Hurts and that RPO game, Danico Autry is going to miss another game. This is his first Third consecutive game missed, and Jeffrey Simmons is questionable with an ankle issue that's not going away anytime soon. And he was affected last week. I thought, for the first time, you could really notice how much it, it was bothering him. And I think it also didn't help that Autry wasn't playing next to him. Yeah. Um, so a lot that, more
0: focus on him now without Autry. Uh, not a good yes. thing for the Titans. And, and I mean, and coupled with the ankle injury,
1: this is the best offensive line in football. Philadelphia. So they, they need their stars up front to play like they're capable of. Simmons and Autry do when they're ready to go. Here's hoping that Simmons can, can rise to that level with the ankle. Uh, bad news, though, for Green Bay, David Bakhtiari, appendectomy. Ooh, He's out this week. So uh, left tackle for Green Bay, who has had a, a very unfortunate injury uh, history. Rodgers is without... Bakhtiari in this matchup against
0: Chicago that's uh that's a, uh, also eliminates another pass catcher for Aaron Rodgers and we saw the Detroit game where he threw an interception trying to get it out to Bakhtiari yeah, that's right yeah another weapon out, uh, out of there for Green Bay
1: receivers questionable Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton um has a illness and speaking of that um Traylon Burks practice this week with an illness so the bugs going around like the Netherlands roster I guess
0: have you seen the video of uh, the Traylon Burks, his first career touchdown for the Titans, came on a fumble return in the uh, recovery in the end zone from Derrick Henry. Yeah. But the video where he's going off the field and he apologizes to Mike Vrabel and he says, I, 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 didn't, I, I didn't do a good job there. And he said, well, what are you talking about? I said, I, the, he knocked the ball out, Cam Taylor-Brick, because I didn't have the block down oh. the field on him. And he said, well, you know what else you did? You ran hard. The whole way and you got it he's like you're gonna you're gonna make mistakes we move on you know and you keep playing hard and running hard so it was a pretty cool moment may not see odd way to score your first touchdown in your career yeah oh yeah
1: that's a that's a good trivia question
0: yeah if he goes on to a great career years later We'll have to throw out the How did Traylon Burke score bu- his first if he's ever a bust, touchdown? a
1: then you just reference, like, his contribution yeah. was recovering fumbles.
0: Remember the guy the Titans traded A.J. Brown to draft <laughs> in the first round? Yeah, he had two touchdowns in his career, <laughs> and one was a fumble recovery. Yeah, that, the, hopefully for the Titans, that's not the case. Matthew Stafford. Because he is getting better and better.
1: Matthew Stafford has clear concussion protocol uh, again, but he's not going to start. Wolford's going to start for the Rams. Again, they're already down Aaron Donald. Stafford's not starting. Cooper Cup's out for the season. This is this is a wash. Pack it up. <laughs> That's, I mean, they're doing that. They're it's doing time
0: that. to just go ahead and pack it up if you're the Rams.
1: Uh, it's time to unpack the the game plan, how we beat the Netherlands over yes. the next hour. We're, we'll dive into that. We're going to tell you what we're going to be doing for the game tomorrow. And when we come back, Paul Calagiri is going to join us. We'll reminisce on World Cup teams from the past, the great ones he's played with, and The one we're going to be watching tomorrow. The expectations as we take on the Dutch. What's next? So now kick 360. It's time to get anti
0: Dutch.